leaders. I'm your coach, Adam. Here to have an honest talk about leadership, the obstacles you might face, and how to refine your leadership skills to help you become the leader I know you are. So let's grab a drink, sit back, relax, and have a chat. Welcome to episode one of the podcast, folks. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership and just the term, what is it? as well as the different types of leadership, formal and informal, and how you kind of fall into leadership. So to begin, to kick things off, we're going to talk about what is a leader. You've seen, you can probably think of many examples of a leader in your own life. The first one that generally comes to many individuals' minds is a manager or the owner of an organization. Maybe it's a politician. But the question is, why are they a leader? What makes them a leader? What quantifies them in our mind as being a leader? When I've gone to many webinars or listened to many podcasts about leadership or read many books about leadership, they kind of just assume that you know what a leader is. They say, yeah, you've been led in your life, so obviously you must be a leader or must know what a leader is. But that's not necessarily true. And so to kick things off, let's actually talk about the word or the word leader or leadership. And so when we look at the term leader, it's really a person that leads or commands a group organization or country. And that is a direct quote from the Oxford Dictionary. I would actually expand this a little bit further. And what I mean by that is a leader, one, deals strictly with people. If you're not really working with people, you're not a leader. But on top of that, a leader is also an individual that makes firm, decisive choices. And that's important because many times you'll hear, you need to be a leader in your own life. Okay, cool. But like, if if being a leader is working with people, then how the hell do you become a leader in your own life if, you know, you're not, nobody's really following you? Well, the answer is simple. It's because leaders are also individuals that are making those firm, decisive choices. And are saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how we are going to move forward. Or at the bare minimum, if somebody's assigned to become a leader in their own life, it's, I'm going to do this for myself, come hell or high water. I don't really care about what other people think. And I've appreciated the consequences of my actions. And I'm willing to do it. So a leader is not only an individual that is leading a group of people and dealing strictly with people but it's also an individual that is taking those firm, decisive actions. And then to build on top of that, I would argue that to expand the definition of a leader is to say that a leader's job is also to uplift those around them and focus them into a very, or into a common goal. So a leader isn't an individual that's going to be putting people down and saying to them that they're not worthy, that their goals or dreams or opinions are not worthy. Generally speaking, those people are just assholes. Like, let's be honest. 
And those individuals are people that their followers don't hang around them very often. Uh, you've probably met them. <laughs> They'll say to you, yeah, I used to have a large group of friends, but uh, they never hang around uh, for long. Or They'll say, all my friends are assholes or dicks. It's like, well, yeah, because you're also an asshole asshole slash a dick. But to kind of come back to a leader, a leader doesn't do that. They don't put down their followers. They don't put down the people that are underneath his their umbrella. Their job is to uplift them. Their job is to find out really those, those dreams and motivations, find out what makes them tick and help bring that to the forefront. And then to harness their their followers' energy towards a very big common goal. Now, to look at this, we're going to talk a little bit about management and what is a manager. And a manager in, a, in an organization is an individual that is harnessing the resources of the organization towards one common goal. And so a resource really is anything from materials to time to work or their workers or monetary assets. It's the focusing of all those materials of that position or um, business towards that common goal. So it kind of differs a little bit from leadership because leadership deals strictly with people and are dealing with uplifting people and harnessing people towards a common goal, specifically people. And management is driving more along the lines of dealing with resources. And so this kind of puts a little spin on things because all leaders are managers, but not all managers are leaders. And the reasoning for that is because people are a resource, and because time is also a resource, you're essentially harnessing that resource and driving it towards the common good, which, of course, is what a leader does, and thus they're also a manager. But it, you could be a ma in a management position and not be a leader because you might not be working with people specifically. And this is where it gets a little bit confusing for people because and to help illustrate this is I worked with a financial manager absolutely wonderful gentleman uh, I love chit-chatting with him but he did not deal with people he dealt with money he dealt with accounts he dealt with RSPs he dealt with mutual funds etc cetera, etc cetera. when he did deal with people they were his clients and he kind of just followed what they did it, it was more of a selling of services. He was definitely not harnessing people or taking individuals, uplifting them and driving them towards a common good. He was simply saying, uh, yeah, you give me your money and I will increase the portfolio. So I'm going to take the asset, the monetary asset that you're giving me, which is current money. I'm going to invest that into business assets. And then I'm going with the understanding that the common goal is to increase this business asset that these business assets that I have bought for us, and then you will get a cut or a portion of it down the road, essentially investing. And so he wasn't a leader, but he damn sure was a manager. Now, this is really important, primarily because I have heard a lot of managers 
tell me that they're leaders. And they tell me that they're a leader because it's in their name. It's a big shiny nameplate that they have. But I would often argue that some of them are not leaders in any way, shape, or form. They are not utilizing their people. They're not harnessing their people. They're not uplifting their people. And they're definitely not driving them towards a singular goal. They're a leadership entitled and entitled only. It's very much like North Korea. The North Korean full name is the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Yes, in their name, they have it that they're a democracy and they're also a republic, but in practice, they are neither. They're a dictatorship. And that's unfortunately what's happening to a lot of people in management positions. They say to themselves, "I don't worry, guys, I'm a leader. Well, no, you're not. You're a leader in name and name alone, which is unfortunate. Uh, and there's, well, we're going to get into that a little bit more at another episode. So now that we've kind of established really what makes a leader, we're going to get into the two different, the two main different types of leadership, which are formal leaders, and they're going to be your informal leaders. So your formal leaders are your easiest to understand. These are individuals that are publicly recognized as leaders. These are your managers. These are your CEOs of organizations. These are your politicians, individuals that have been formally recognized as leaders. What I've always found interesting is as we talk to leaders, as I've talked to many leaders and people in management position, we tend to focus a lot on the formal leaders. Those managers that have just been promoted to management um, those uh, store or store district managers, we tend to focus a lot on those formal leaders to an unhealthy degree. And I don't blame them. And the reasoning for that is because formal leaders are very easy to recognize in our society, and they're very easy to recognize in our uh, organizational structures. You walk in, you say, can I ask to see the manager? And you're essentially asking to see a leader, plain and simple. But the other side of leadership that isn't as formally recognized is the informal leaders. And these guys are far more interesting than your formal leaders. <laughs> so for an informal leader is an individual that's really expressing leadership qualities and are essentially leading people. Whether they're aware of it or not, they are leading those around them and essentially uplifting them around them and starting to drive them towards a goal. But they're not formally recognized. You've met, definitely met, informal leaders, my dear listener. And the reasoning I know you have is because if you've ever been around an individual that you're like, wow, this person would make a great manager, or wow, this person has a lot of talent in just talking to individuals. You're looking at an informal leader. Every organization has that informal leader. It's just a real question of if do organizations recognize their formal leaders, or if they kind of scatter them to the wind and just pretend like they don't exist, because they definitely do exist. And 
you know they exist because in change management, they talk about bringing in the informal leaders. They don't necessarily talk strictly about the leaders or informal leaders, but they're definitely talking about them. So change management is all about kind of shifting an organization in a way that's kind of healthy and is easy for everybody essentially to bring everyone up to speed as fast as possible. And in it, we talk about the wolves of an organization. These are all of our informal leaders or also our troublemakers. What's interesting when it comes to change management is if your formal leaders refuse to recognize your informal leaders, bad things happen. So to help illustrate this kind of point, a classic example is imagine yourself being a manager. You're like, you know what? I'm a manager now. And we've been using black pen this entire time, but we recently got word that we have to go to red pens. This should be a super simple change. We're going to institute it and it'll be easy. Well, it's not going to be that easy. And if you just try to institute this policy, you're probably going to be hooped, especially the larger the organization, the harder this stuff becomes. And the reason for that is because, again, these informal leaders or these wolves, if you haven't brought them under your umbrella and sat them down and really got them onto your side, then they're going to start bad-mouthing you. They're going to sit in the break room. They're going to sit in the staff room. They're going to sit in the cubbies away from potentially your customers, patients, whatever you're, you're kind of doing business with. And they're going to talk about how awful this decision is. They're going to – the other – cohorts are going to start listening to them and they're going to start saying things like what the hell why are we doing using uh red pen now i've used black pen my entire life this management doesn't know anything even better and i've heard this one before she just gets into a management position and already she's instituting changes that make absolutely no sense what the hell and so what a lot of formal leaders find out the hard way is that because they neglected their informal leaders, their informal leaders are now running the show. They, again, start driving people towards one goal, and the goal would be, we're not going to use red pens. We're going to continue to use our black pens. And then leadership is now stuck sitting here going, or our, I guess I should say our formal leadership is now stuck going, what the hell's wrong with my employees? They're so dumb. They're so stupid. Like, I've tried to tell them time and time again. This just doesn't make any sense. Well, it does make a lot of sense because, again, you neglected your informal leaders. You didn't bother to talk to them. You didn't bother to include them into the conversation. You never bothered to talk to them about why, why is this even important? And as a result... They're now fighting you, and it's now kind of this weird fight between two factions, <laughs> which I have I have seen more times than I can count. Uh, a classic example of this was I was coaching a gentleman, and he worked at a warehouse. He was a manager at a warehouse, and for him, the big thing was 
He wanted to get everybody to just clean up the garbage at the end of the shift. His employers were great guys. They did everything right. He had no problems with them. But the problem being is that they kept leaving crap around the garbage pit. And he's like, I need to get these guys just to clean this up. And exploring the issue, it turns out that the reason why this was important was because they, if they had guests or they had the owner of the warehouse coming down, that this would look quite unsightly. Not to mention that this was occupational health and safety hazard and a walking hazard. This just couldn't happen. But the problem that he was encountering was he couldn't label his informal leaders in his organization. He had never bothered to get them on his side. He was he had kind of just chalked everyone up to just peons beneath him, all the same thing, and said, I'm just going to give you marching orders and you're going to follow through on it. <laughs> so we did a lot of work about kind of discussing people and helping him to understand that no you you have a lot of leaders within your group and your job is to kind of get them on your side and help them understand that this is important this is important as to why we get this cleaned up and after he kind of realized that that's actually what he needed to do he sat down with his workers he explained the situation he intentionally instituted policies to kind of start recognizing those formal or those informal leaders and lo and behold the garbage started getting cleaned up and he had no more issues on that front and so that's kind of to help illustrate really that informal leader and the power that they have and the dangers of not recognizing that informal leadership on top of that Informal leaders sometimes can become very formal leaders, either through management recognizing the leadership abilities of the informal leader and then boosting them up into a management position, saying, you know what, you have the characteristics and qualities that we so desire, and we want to boost you into that formal leadership and help cultivate those qualities and attributes because we we want you to help us move to the next level or they kind of informally become a formal leader <laughs> and so it's often fascinating watching this happen and and nothing kind of quantifies this better than watching a group project in high school <laughs> So you get these kids, and it's so fascinating to watch. They all come together under one table, and nobody's a leader in this group. You just pick six kids, and you sit them down, and they just start yammering and just start talking and throwing out ideas. And of course, the teacher has instructed them on what they need to focus their time and energies on. And what you'll find is... You'll find these wolves or these informal leaders will start taking charge of this group. They'll start dictating orders. They'll start listening to suggestions. And what happens is people will start rallying behind them and saying, you know what? You know what the hell you're doing. Uh, we trust your judgment and our guidance, and we recognize you as our leader, whether they say that out loud or not. 
And this is truly fascinating to watch as, as they are literally the leader of the group, but they've never been formally addressed as that leader. You also tend to see this very much in oftentimes when people just come together for whatever reason, and naturally they'll start migrating and choosing leaders and kind of putting this hierarchical structure in place, which, uh, I mean, we'll talk about that kind of stuff later down the road. But for now, what's always interesting is they get informally viewed as this leader, but then ultimately, depending on how long this group maintains itself for, people will then say, you know what, you are our leader. And publicly come out and just say, you know, we trust you. You've shown great leadership skills. You are the leader of this organization. And as such, we will follow you. And what I always find interesting about kind of that dynamic is if you happen to be that informal leader that finds themselves unwittingly in a in a leadership role, because many of these leaders just kind of stumble into this role. They just happen to exhibit a lot of the leadership qualities uh, to earn the respect of the group, and then now they're leading it. What's interesting about this informal leader is, typically speaking, there is this phase that they have to go through of recognizing themselves as a leader. And that can take quite some time sometimes it never really happens and what i mean by this is i was chit-chatting with one gentleman absolutely fabulous man who essentially he was the leader of an organization a, a small community of people and in chit-chat with him it was fascinating to figure out how he kind of stumbled upon it and so i'm talking with this guy and he's telling me his story. He's saying, you know, one Saturday night, he was really down in the dumps. He was alone. He had no friends. He was working his ass off. He was working probably 16-hour shifts, seven days a week. The man definitely had, he was a workaholic. As much as we like to champion that term, it was, it, it's not a good thing to be. <laughs> And we'll get into that a little bit later when we start talking about attributes uh, and the positive and negative things that come around with it. But for him, he was working 16-hour shifts. He essentially came home to his bed, which he just slept in. And he'd wake up, he would go to work, come home, sleep, and that was his life. In his off hours, if he ever had some downtime, he was often drinking. The man was incredibly lonely. And one Saturday night, he's sitting there drinking uh, quite heavily, and he's thinking to himself, one of two things is going to happen tonight. I'm either going to change my life, or I'm going to check out of this life. And so he decided after a big draw of his drink, he said, I'm going to change my life. I'm, I'm tired of this loneliness that I'm going through. He put down his drink, he got up, and he decided to make a community. And he started started plodding along with it. He started finding people that were unique, that were interesting, that he liked to talk to, and he just started talking to them. He started offering 
to play video games with them. He started offering to go out to events with them. And what started happening is he started to grow a small budding community that he then started. He created a name for it. He created um, really requirements to get into this community because he recognized quite early. He's like, you know what? I don't want just anybody to get into this community. What I'm looking for is people that actually want to be here, that want to make those friendship, those commitment, those um, that community that I so desperately want. And that's exactly what he did. What was really interesting about this is as he grew this community, he became the de facto leader. He was a very informal sense. He never set out to be a leader. He just wanted to make a community. He was lonely and he just wanted to have some friends. But in doing so, he ended up creating a community and he became the de facto leader. But if you talk to him about this, he would argue with you. Oh, he argues to all high heaven that he is not the leader of this organization. He just happens to be the guy that happens to organize it. All he's doing there is kind of curating it. He, he He's not the leader. But... <laughs> It's great because I talked to him and if he makes a decision, people follow it and they just accept the decision and he'll often make choices for the group that are in their best interest. But again, he vehemently refuses to call himself a leader uh, and he doesn't give himself any special titles. And when I talk to him, he's like, yeah, I'm just I'm just like everybody else. I'm no one special. I'm no one interesting. I don't want anything of any real uh, value. I just I'm just here to make friends. Uh, And so it's to kind of go back to it. He's definitely an individual that is a leader. He's more of that formal slash informal leader. And he's an individual that doesn't really want to accept his leadership position or title. But in a weird way, he also does. <laughs> and I would argue that this gentleman, who doesn't have any leadership training or background, is a far better leader than than half the leaders that I speak to out there, unfortunately. And that's one of the reasons why I really started this podcast, is to help those leaders in those formal leadership positions better their skills, better who they are. Because at the end of the day, everybody deserves good leadership, no matter who you are. And with that, We're just going to wrap things up. So today we really talked about leadership, what it is, management, the formal versus informal leaders, and kind of how you move into leadership roles, whether that be consciously being told, hey, man, you look like a leader to me. We want you to be in in this role, or that more unwitting leadership role of people recognizing you and your abilities and putting you into that role. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you next time. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give it a like, and share it with a friend. 
And if you're ready to take the next leap and improve your leadership skills, head over to www.seedingthelead.com and book your free coaching session today. Thank you.